sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour two of Fantasy Sports today here on SportsGrid. September the 10th, 2020, opening night in the NFL. We have a breakdown for you. Also a big game in college football as well, not to mention the NBA looking at the Lakers and Rockets for yet at least one more time. Probably a couple more, I would say. This is our show, Joe Pizzapia, Craig Bish with you on SportsGrid. And if you're watching over on SportsGrid.com, thanks for making us a part of your day today. Joe, the NFL is back, back tonight, and the Chiefs will begin their title defense here in 2020. Yeah, very exciting way to start the season, no doubt about that. And fascinating to see what Watson's going to look like with all of these new pieces. And there are a lot of new pieces for the Texans. Uh, we'll see if J.J. Watt can get off to a healthy season. Let's hope because certainly we'd love to see J.J. Watt stay healthy for an entire year. But the Texans are, I think, another one of these teams that are on the brink. If things go wrong for them, this is another organization that could potentially clean house. I just could see that happening. Same thing with the Bears. So I don't know if this is the way you want to start off against the defending champs, but they did put up a lot of points on them early on. So we'll see if they can kind of repeat that uh, performance that they had in the playoffs in 2019 here in 2020 to start week one. Let's take a look at the headlines today on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. Nine, nine and a half point favorites over on the FanDuel Sportsbook at home against the Houston Texans. No fans tonight in uh, in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Should be an interesting scene. People are going to be shocked when they realize there are no fans watching on TV for the first time. It is shocking. It is scary at the beginning, and then you get used to it. That's the way it works. It's the way it's worked so far in all sports that we've watched. 49ers seem to be hurting at wide receiver in week one. A couple of their starters may not be able to play. Could be a great week for George Kittle in DFS, but we'll certainly have to see. Uh, ESPN report uh, forward for the Rockets. House Jr. being probed for a potential violation in the NBA bubble. So that is something we'll have to keep an eye on if the Rockets are able to get past the Lakers tonight and even get past this round because they'll play tonight in a key semifinal showdown. Also, De'Eric King, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in college football, had a really unclear future at Houston, decided to transfer. He ends up at the University of Miami. The Hurricanes are 14-point favorites tonight against the University of Alabama-Birmingham. And in baseball, boy, a shocking record from Madison Bumgarner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They expected a lot more. They have not gotten it. There, uh, There is Bumgarner right there with his record 0-4, searching for his first win of 2020. We also have a couple of day baseball games setting uh, to go here. And uh, I'll be checking out, Joe, the Miami Marlins taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. They are going to play seven games in four days this weekend here in Miami. So uh, a lot of makeups to go. And the Cardinals, by the way, have to play two games today, also two games on Saturday as well. I think Jordan Yamamoto felt like he played seven games last night. I'm pretty sure that uh, that was the feeling he had when everything was sudden done. I can't believe we're here with Madison Bumgarner still winless on the, winless on the season. Uh, it's it's surprising, but not shocking when you look at what happened last year. He was good in the home ballpark in San Francisco, but outside of there, that ERA was nearly six. And it's very surprising that we are here with a pitcher who is just, you know, in his early 30s still, plenty of time left in his career, theoretically. And you're starting to wonder if he's done. And it's frustrating because you look back at some of the injuries he's had, 
in recent years, some kind of odd injuries too with some extracurricular things he was doing. And you have to wonder if that is the reason you're seeing where he's at right now. And from an investment standpoint, it looks like the Diamondbacks might have been caught in a bad investment. And it's very frustrating because Madison Bumgarner has had some incredible moments. He's one of the best big game pitchers I have ever seen in my entire life. Just ask the Kansas City Royals. I mean, this guy basically put this team on his back in that series that year in 2014 and it just rolled, right? And you have to wonder now what's in the tank these next two years. And they have this deal with Madison Bumgarner here in Arizona. I got to tell you, Craig, I can't think that they're you know, looking that it's going to get better here in the next couple of years. It has to be something here where you have to feel like, oh, my goodness, we made a really bad investment. How are we going to recover from this? And it's not like we're going to be able to unload this contract. So are you as concerned here for the next couple of years as the investment in Bumgarner that the Diamondbacks made as I am? It doesn't look good, but I would say that the Diamondbacks are a very smart and very creative organization, and I find it hard to believe that they whiffed this badly. So I'm going to predict that he does bounce back. And and it's more to me of a matter of knowing the way that that organization is run. They always seem mm-hmm. to press the right buttons and make the right moves. And is it possible that this, this contract is just an unmitigated disaster? Of course. I mean, look, Barry Zito was signed by the Giants for $200 million too. So it could be the case. But I'm going to bet that Bumgarner rebounds in some way. It just may not be this year. But he is someone in fantasy next year that when his price is super low, I'll grab as my SP4 in a 12-team league and hope for the best, see if he can turn it around. I'm not completely sold that he is done. But for this year, I don't want any part of the investment. And, of course, the results speak to uh, a very poor investment by the Diamondbacks this year. That they couldn't have been expected, no question. 0-4 on the year. But, meanwhile, Zach Allen only has a win, right? So <laughs> he only has one more win. Than <laughs> That's true. With a great That's record. true. So. That's part of the conversation as well. Uh, Real quick note here from the NFL. Joe Brandon Cooks looks like he is also a game-time decision tonight. Mike Rice, who covers the the Texans, uh, says that he could be limited potentially tonight. I suppose Kenny Stills would be the beneficiary of that, although the Texans wide receiver seems to be a little bit deep after Cooks. They really didn't acquire anyone in the offseason. No, you might see a couple more targets go Randall Cobb's way. Certainly, you're going to see more go Will Fuller's way. And it might be a little bit more from the running backs, too, in terms of catching the football. Maybe a little bit more Duke Johnson than you might get. Maybe you put Randall Cobb out wide, put Duke Johnson in the slot. You've seen that happen before. David Johnson's played the slot sometimes, too, in Arizona. So you might see a little bit of a a mismatch in terms of what you're trying to do and moving guys around the field. But there's no doubt when you lose Cooks, you lose one of those guys who stretches the field. And that certainly hurts them against a team that you're going to have to continue to score points against them in order to keep up with the Chiefs. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got to take a quick timeout on fantasy sports today. If you go back on our YouTube channel and watch on demand, you could see Joe and I giving our favorite win totals of 2020 on the overs. Coming up next, Joe and I will break down a couple of unders that you still can get in on before the games begin on Sunday. We'll take a quick break here on fantasy sports today. We'll have those totals for you on the under next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with here on SportsGrid as we continue to take a look at the 2020 NFL season. There is still time to log on to the FanDuel Sportsbook. 
and bet on a couple of win totals for 2020. There's also time for you to go back and watch on demand all of our shows over at sportsgrid.com. Check out our segment on the overs. Joe and I went over a couple of those a couple of days ago of the Detroit Lions as one of the teams that I'm in on here on the over in 2020. But what would a season be without predicting dismay, Joe, and predicting teams not living up to their expectations in 2020. And so I thought it would be a good exercise to go over a couple of unders that we like for 2020. I'll do two. You'll do two. Fair enough. Sounds like a plan, my friend. All right. So I'm going to get started here with the Denver Broncos and, and, uh, and their total is seven and a half for 2020. And, and look, the easy thing would be for me to do would come on here and say that because Von Miller is out that that affected things for me, but it did not whatsoever. I've talked extensively about the Broncos and and how I, the disbelief in the coaching of their offense and just the way that they have chosen to play over the last couple of years. And for my opinion and for my money, that will continue this year. I believe they went out and got Melvin Gordon for this reason. I'm a big fan of Vic Fangio's defense. I am not a fan of their offense. I understand they operated the offensive coordinator, and I seem to be on an island with this one because everyone that I talk to is basically telling me that essentially I'm wrong and that their offense is going to be much better. Uh, I'm not going to bet this total. I don't bet several totals. I usually do one or two and I stop. But my lean is on the under of Denver uh, 7.5. I will say this. The Broncos could absolutely start off well this year. They always play well at home in September. And don't be a fool to that in 2020. Teams are not ready to adjust to playing at full go on these snaps. My guess is the Broncos are going to play very well at home in week one. No preseason for other teams. You got to play at altitude and go full go. Uh, they're great at mile high. They're great in that stadium. But then the season goes on and they catch up to them. I got Denver winning five games at five and 11, Joe. I'm going under seven and a half. Yeah, look, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I do think Pat Shermer being the new OC there with the weapons that he has is going to improve the offense. To what extent, I'm not sure, but none of us are. And I think when you look at the weapons and compare them to some other teams, even within this division, I think they have the second best weapons to the Chiefs in this division. Uh, you know, Waller and Jacobs are very good, but in terms of the depth, eh, when you start looking at that wide receiving core of the Raiders, you start looking around at the Chargers and what they have. This is a very difficult one for me, and I think the only reason I struggle a little bit and I'm a little afraid of this is because the rest of this division is soft. And if Denver does win a couple of those games early on against some of those in-division opponents, that could change this win total. Uh, I do think the Von Miller injury is an important one. Uh, Chubb is not 100% healthy either in that defense. So we'll see and keep an eye on that. But um, I, I definitely see where you're coming from on this one. I think they are going to be better in terms of fantasy, but in terms of win total, it's hard to see them uh, becoming a, a 500 team this year. But I do think they're going to be a more competitive one. And I think the offensive weapons are going to prove out a little bit better than last season. All right, Joe, let's take a look at one of your favorite unders for 2020. And we move to the Windy City to look at the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I think the Bears are a team that reek of desperation right now. Uh, I'm looking at that division, too, and when you see the Packers and, and the Vikings and you see those rosters and how good they are, it's very difficult to think that they are going to go in and beat any of those teams. The injury to David Montgomery to start the year is not a good one. We'll see how healthy he is and how quickly he can get back. And I think the last thing you want him to do is rush things and end up being out for the year. 
And that is a huge concern of mine because I think there is a lot of desperation here. And that's when you start doing stupid things like that and really set yourself back. Robinson had a great season last year, but the acquisition of Foles tells you what they think of Trubisky and where they think this is going. And I have to say, I'm concerned about it. And I think all the Bears fans should be too. Since Cody Parkey missed that kick a couple years ago in the playoffs, it's been all downhill basically for the Bears ever since. And uh, I think that uh, this whole regime is probably going to be gone at the end of the year. So I'm going to take the under. I don't see how they're a 500 team this year in that division. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you. I don't like the line, though. If I was going to bet the Bears, I would find seven and a half. Uh, no indictment on, on uh, FanDuel's line here. But I am not risking minus 140 if I don't have to on a total. And if I feel that strongly about it, Joe, as it sounds like you do too, then just find a seven and a half somewhere. And get yourself right. a plus one hundred or minus one ten because laying a hundred forty hundred percent is not is not uh, absolutely not right hundred um, percent. Okay, so uh, one of my other favorite unders is not necessarily an indictment of the team, but it is the line, and I am going to uh, mention the Cowboys under as a possibility uh, at nine and a half. Look, you're getting plus money here at plus one thirty five, and this basically tells you that you probably are paying some sort of, once again, Dallas Cowboys tax on a total to take the over. That means all the money is coming in on the over, and it does every single year. But it's undeniable that seven of the last ten years, the Cowboys have gone under ten wins. Uh, there's always a lot of hype surrounding them. I think it is is legit. I do think they have a good team, and they had some very unlucky losses last year. But those unlucky losses, if you look at it, would have gotten them to exactly 10 wins. I'm not paying the Cowboys tax. I never will. There are two teams in football that are always overvalued in terms of odds. It's Dallas. It's Notre Dame. Those are the two. And I'm always in on unders and betting against them because in the end, uh, I think that you're going to end up making more money than you uh, than you are losing. So certainly Dallas, Joe, could win 10 games for me. But, man, if they go 9-7 and seven and you're winning 135 on a $100 bet, it's more about the bet for me than anything else as opposed to the team. So I'll lean with the under nine and a half on Dallas. And if they win nine, it's still a good year and you win money. Yeah, I think the half is the key there uh, because I do think Dallas is going to win this division again. But Dallas struggled putting teams away last year. They had every opportunity to run away with this division and they didn't. They had leads in a lot of games. They couldn't put people away. They they lost leads in games. It, it, they just lack that killer instinct. We'll see if Mike McCarthy can bring that killer instinct to them. But and until that is known, I think that little half there on the end makes a lot of uh, difference there. And my last one here is a team that I already talked about in the first hour of the show. It's the Rams that uh, I think there's a real chance that the Rams could go one and five in their own division. I really do. I think the, the Cardinals are really improved and they are going to be plucky. They're going to be a tough out without a doubt. And this win total is eight and a half. Uh, and I'm looking at this and yes, I have to lay a lot of money here, kind of like the other one, but I got to tell you, I just feel like the Rams are a team that the running game got worse year over year without Todd Gurley. The health of Cooper Cup is always in question. He's a guy that is incredibly productive when he's on the field, but he has struggled with some injuries in the last few years. Robert Woods was inconsistent, bad in the first half, good in the second half. And Jared Goff is just, let's be honest, last year was a step back for Jared Goff. There's no way around it. You want to call it Super Bowl hangover? Okay. But the guy made way too many mistakes, and I don't think you can do that and win nine games in the NFL. I just don't think you can. And when you look at the interception to touchdown ratio, you see a lot of bad decision-making, and I don't think this team is good enough in order to overcome that. And in this division where I think that the 49ers are a playoff team, 
I think that the Seattle Seahawks are definitely a playoff team. And then who knows with the expanded playoffs, if indeed the Cardinals can make that in, I think the Rams are in for a really, really long 2020 personally. Yeah, and, and I like both of these bets. I just don't like the odds. That's that's the right. that's the problem for me here because uh, the in sports in general is more or less 50-50. And mm-hmm. what you have in your favor here with these two bets, if you were going to bet them, and I'm not sure that you will, but if you were, then the odds are you're going to win one and lose one. And in a normal situation, it's only ten cents. So if you were to you know bet two hundred dollars, you'd lose ten bucks. Uh, but right. in this case, because it's minus one forty and minus one thirty five, if you broke even, you stand to lose uh, not a ton of money, but a lot more significant amount as if they That's were right. a minus one ten or a plus. So that would be my concern. But I do like both of them, and I think that there is certainly a shot that both come in. I don't like the Bears over. Uh, I don't like uh, the Rams over either, and it seems plausible that both of the that would these would be the way that I would go on both of them too. But I don't know about betting them unless I would have better odds on it. That's for sure. Okay, yeah, the so old, what we're going to do we did yesterday. Uh, okay, no, I was going to say of all the ones we've talked about, the Steelers over was the one that I think you and I see so much eye to eye on. That I think of all yeah. the last eight overs and unders we talked about, that one just makes so much sense. Yeah, and, and, and again, you could go to the FanDuel Sportsbook, check out all of the things we're talking about. Even if where you live, you can't bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can still see all of the lines every day that we're discussing and follow along with us here on the show. Okay, coming up next, we're going to go over what the ramifications for COVID-19 could look like from fantasy and reality perspective. Dr. Chow, profootballdoc.com, joins us next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, we're fortunate every single week here on Fantasy Sports Today to get a real inside look on the injuries of the NFL and certainly surrounding the pandemic and how it could affect fantasy football. Uh, Dr. David Chow is going to join us every week here on the show. Make sure you go to profootballdoc.com and you can catch Doc and all of his great work in addition to understanding that you guys could get a little bit of FanDuel uh, incentive just by going to profootballdoc.com. Dr. Chow has been in this industry for a long period of time, giving out some of the best advice, not just being a doctor, of course, but also helping you in fantasy football for the 2020 season. Dr. Chow, thank you so much for making time for us on the show. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Let's start. Let's start off with this, Dr. Chow. Uh, I am a Major League Baseball reporter, and so I have a lot of experience in particular with covering a uh, sports team in the pandemic in the Miami Marlins and sort of understanding how that worked. And I think that for our fantasy players, Dr. Chow, I don't know that they fully understand what this season is going to look like because some football fans don't really follow baseball all that closely. How do you think this football season will look in the midst of a pandemic and how should fantasy players protect themselves this year? Certainly a very, very unique season. And Craig, your question, uh, I certainly don't want to monopolize the time. Literally could be an hour or two or an entire show, but I'll try and keep it simple. The first thing is since March, I've been very optimistic that the NFL would start and start on time. The bigger question mark is can they finish? And with baseball, and obviously you're very familiar with the Marlins and the outbreaks and, and so forth, 
there was a lot of easy criticism that the, NH the NHL and NBA were doing just fine in a bubble, and Major League Baseball, the first major sport without a bubble, has all these issues. There's no way the NFL would succeed. Let me start by saying there's no way the NFL would have succeeded in a bubble, and here's why. The NHL and NBA seasons were at most six weeks long for most the average team. Baseball was longer, and quite honestly, football would be closer to six months by the time you get training camp to Super Bowl. Craig, I don't know about you, but I might quarantine for my family for my job for six weeks to get it done. But if you told me away with for my wife and kids or moving them in with me across the country to a hotel room for six months, wow! I think there's a lot of opt-outs. So I don't think the NFL season was ever viable in a bubble in that way. Could you make an argument they should have done all these mini local bubbles, I suppose? But even then, it's just the timing and so forth that would have been very difficult. So I don't believe the NFL had a choice but to do what they're doing. And to their credit, they've done really well. And using baseball terms, for a while there, they were pitching a no-hitter with no COVID positives. Right. And now I would say it's still they're still pitching a shutout. I mean, there are some hits that they've given up. Right. They've been really good. And I've said from the beginning, the OutKick article I wrote related to viral load and how the virus is transmitted. It is it is more dangerous. It is it is less dangerous on the field tackling someone than in the offensive huddle or on the sidelines or in the locker room or on a bus or in the hotel. It is less dangerous on Sundays than it is the six days of the week in the facility. It is less dangerous in the facility where everyone is tested and you can say false positives and holes in the testing and what have you, but that's still better than in society when you go home to the wife and kids or do things on your own. So the NFL and the NFLPA did something that was really, really smart. The unions are not in the business of taking away players' money. The unions protect the players. Yet in life, for example, for you, for me or my employees at the office, or a grocery store worker, if you get COVID, that is considered a work comp injury because of the possibility and likelihood you might have gotten in at work. In the NFL, the NFLPA agreed to this, that if you got COVID before you came to camp, that was work, that was non-football. But if you got it after camp started and after football started, that would indeed be work-related and you would get paid for any time off. Unless the team could show that you weren't social distancing. If uh -huh. the team could show you were at a bar or there were Instagram pictures of you out and about, sure. they could put you NFI and not pay you. That was huge message. Basically, the union was saying, we get how we're going to get through this by socially distancing. And the vast majority of our players are going to do that. We don't want a few bad apples ruining it for the rest of us. So we will indeed allow the team to penalize them, not just fine them, take away their entire salary. Mm. And I think that is one of the awakenings that the NFL and NFLPA came to that made it work. And this goes to your Miami Marlins situation. The Phillies on the field didn't get it from the Marlins. Right. It was the Marlins among themselves in the hotel rooms. 
who knows, sharing mama's cooking or this, that, the other. I, normal things that people do. I'm not criticizing them. But that is how it's been transmitted within teams, not across teams. And baseball is fairly social distance. And I get to worry about football players tackling each other. But if you go to the viral load concept, I've written about it OutKick or on my timeline, it explains it. And, and I don't mean to monopolize the conversation, Craig. Oh, it's fine. But most people, you know, you go down a grocery store aisle and you have masks on and you're dodging people a little bit, right? And that's just human nature. I get it. But that's not actually how you get COVID. Remember, the CDC says contact tracing, 15 minutes within six feet of somebody. And baseball got smart and had officers then try to do it. In the beginning, they were chasing positive tests. Oh, you're positive, who have you been around? The answer should be nobody if you were doing it right. That's so then right. If, you're, if you're relying on positive tests, it's like you're in Miami, you're out in the sun, and you look at your buddy and go, oh, you're red, maybe I need sunscreen. It's too late. If you don't have sunscreen on already, you're sunburned. And that's what chasing positive tests were. So what you have to do is put on sunscreen before you see your friend turn red. Stay away, mask, distance, sure. et cetera. And I'm not trying to belittle COVID as in sunburn and saying it's nothing, but you get the idea. You have yeah. to be proactive about being sunburned, proactive about getting COVID. And that's the realization that baseball has come to and that football has come to. And that's how fingers crossed. Yes, traveling is upcoming and all this stuff, but football travel is almost already social distance. It's already private planes and the whole deal. And so I think they have a good chance, fingers crossed, but there are lots of differences. And look at the shenanigans that are happening now. And I say shenanigans in a kind way. Because of the COVID lists where people can come and go, because of the unprecedented injured reserve, unlimited number can go on injured reserve and come off in three weeks. It used to be the season. And then right. a couple of years ago, they started saying after eight weeks. And then it was one and two, maybe three. Now you can have 25 players go on injured reserve for three weeks and come back off. Look, the Patriots currently, as of our, our airing this, have no kickers. Do they really going to play the game without a kicker? Right. No. They have an expanded practice squad. And they can activate each guy coming and going a couple times. And they have two kickers. So they're good for at least four weeks until they need to make a decision. Those are some of the roster uniqueness for this season. Look, yeah. you have an unprecedented 41-year-old on the practice squad. Look, I Josh love that McCowan, idea, by the way, Dr. Chai. I think Josh, it's a great idea. Josh McCowan has more NFL years than the entire practice squad combined used to have in himself. He's by far the oldest, and he's going to live 1,500 miles away from the Eagles. Those are some of the creative things that are, that are happening. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea with McCown. Um, okay, let's let's go on to the field real quick in the limited time that we have left. Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, getting a long-term extension that that'll get done, whether it's done now or in ten minutes or an hour from now. Um, what what do you what do you what do you make of that extension? And I know most people in fantasy took him fourth or fifth overall, Doc. Well, there was a momentary scare. I mean, because he there was a report they had an epidural injection, and to me. Epidural means disc herniation, which means it could come back, and that concerned me. But initially, it was a stomach bug. That wasn't true. Then it was about the contract, and then it was the epidural. But then it ultimately got reported as an SI joint injection, which is much less worrisome. So I think 
Alvin Kamara is going to be okay. Remember, injury reporting is always a little bit of a secret, but especially in the preseason, because there's no requirement for teams to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and and one other thing in terms of that, uh, Dr. Chow, for, for what you do at uh, ProFootballDoc.com, you can follow Dr. Chow at ProFootballDoc. Did, did not having the preseason uh, challenge you in different ways for what you do like it did us with not seeing the players? I feel like we're throwing a lot of darts this year. There's no question it's a challenge when you don't see as much. But preseason is always a challenge because – you know, I do a lot off of video and mechanism of injuries. You don't really get that video per se. Although we did see uh, see David Montgomery slip non-contact. And by video, there was video. And I said, that's a groin. That's not an ACL. We did see Gerald McCoy uh, tear his live, live time, you know, on, on video. So you got some video. But yes, it was harder. But in some ways, because there's less information, it makes the analysis almost even more necessary uh, because you really don't know. Look, the first injury report of the year, Travis Kelsey popped up with a knee injury limited practice for this Thursday's game. And uh, Brandon Cooks, the new wide receiver for the Texans, had a quad issue that was limited practice. We had no idea about that before the first mandatory injury reports on Monday. Yeah. Well, as always, uh, Dr. Chow, very informative. Make sure you go to profootballdoc.com and follow Dr. David Chow all season long not only with us, but on his Twitter feed, which he does an amazing job helping you get ready for your fantasy football season. And each and every week, he's going to be with us here on this show. I promise it won't be eight minutes of COVID and two minutes of players, but <laughs> want to get everybody set for the season. And I think you gave people a great understanding. Uh, thank you again, Dr. Chow, for coming on. And we'll catch up again next week. Thank you. And I'm an orthopedic surgeon. And yeah, I'd rather talk about the players than COVID in any, any day of the week. Yeah, and, uh, and hopefully that's where the way that we will head. Uh, we will take a quick timeout right here on Fantasy Sports Today, and we will be back with more in just two minutes. So stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for a little fantasy or reality here on the show. We'll ask three burning questions in sports. We'll get true or false answers from Joe Pizapia and myself. But, of course, there will be more of the fantasy or reality department. That's what we like to call it here. Uh, before we get to that real quick, just a couple of quick updates on the injury front. Uh, there's a report, a couple of them, Joe, to go over here. Uh, the first is from Jordan Raynon, who covers the Giants, uh, saying that Golden uh, Tate doesn't seem to be 100% due to his hamstring. Also, David Montgomery, according to Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears, says that he did not do much. David Montgomery on the field today, questionable to play against the Lions on Sunday. Those are the two negatives. The one positive is that Ben Babby, who covers the Bengals on Twitter, reported that A.J. Green had his first full practice since 2018 with the Bengals. So arrow pointing up on Green, arrow pointing down a little on Gold Tate, and I think arrow pointing, unfortunately, a lot down on David Montgomery, at least for this week. Yeah, look, I love that arrow pointing up on AJ Green because I got all the shares, Craig. I'm uh, I'm very invested. I saw that report come through a little while ago, and I thought the same thing there. I was like, ooh, AJ Green, healthy, great, awesome. Now, can he be good with Joe Burrow? I think so. I think they have a good shot, actually, to win this first game out of the gate here in uh, Joe Burrow's debut. 
Tyler Boyd is a good receiver as well, but I think having A.J. Green in this offense makes Tyler Boyd better. It's going to make Joe Burrow better. It's going to make Joe Mixon better. It makes Joe Pizapia better because I will be happy as well uh, with all those Joes as long as all those A.J. Green shares are healthy and on the field and being productive in fantasy. So that's a huge one, and uh, let's hope that we get a better season or a season out of A.J. Green because last year we didn't get one, and I would really like to see it in 2020 just, just from a personal investment standpoint. Yeah, a lot of smart people like the Bengals this week, as a matter of fact. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, and we'll see what happens with the Bengals' first game of the season, and I can't wait to see Joe Burrow get his first NFL start. Okay, the season starts tonight in the NFL. We can hit on all those Sunday games tomorrow. Let's start with tonight's game, Joe. Simply put, let's just go with a little fantasy or reality on this one and start with the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Houston Texans tonight, 820 Eastern, 520 Pacific, or wherever else you are watching around the country. The Kansas City Chiefs cover the nine points tonight against the Texans in game one of the 2020 NFL season. Fantasy or reality? Ah, this is a tough one. I was kind of struggling with this one. Even, even yesterday discussing it, it's not a line that I really like. And I was very lucky because our show <laughs> airs actually today. Uh, it just dropped and, and we don't have to worry about that. Actually, excuse me, the wagering show I do uh, airs on Fridays and was able to kind of avoid this game because I don't love it. I think I would err on the side of them covering because I don't want to say the electricity of the building, but just that feeling of your Super Bowl champions. You're going to go out there and you're going to make a statement in this game. You're going to give the ball to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You have Patrick Mahomes. And I think you have a work in progress with the Texans. I think the work in progress with the Texans is where I fall short. So I'm going to lean towards the idea of this being a, a reality that they cover, uh, that the uh, the Chiefs cover the nine here. But um, nothing would surprise me after that playoff game last year. I don't think anybody thought the Texans would get off to that start that they got off to in that game. And the Chiefs would be playing catch-up <laughs> in the second quarter. But they were. Eventually, they did win out. But that's kind of where I stand on this one. It's going to be a fun game to watch. But from a wagering standpoint, I don't know. Nine is a number to start the year. What do you think about this one, Craig? Yeah, and that's the way I see it, too. I don't, I don't love uh, Houston tonight. But, you know, sometimes these games – and I don't think Houston wins, but – I envision a game, there's three minutes left, and Kansas City's up 28-16, and you know that there's, like, no shot, and, and Watson just does something wacky just to get the cover, you know? So uh, I, I will say fantasy. I, I will. I mean, I hate to do it, but just for purposes of fantasy reality, I'll say fantasy. I'll take Houston plus the points. I don't love the team. First week of the NFL season, man, like, it usually covers City for the dogs. And 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 I don't know what the environment will be like tonight. I'm I'm curious for myself to to see what their plan is with no fans there. So, uh, but I'll, I'll just take the points here. It seems to be safer than not. Okay, let's move over to a little college football tonight. It's the, the debut of Eric King, the Eric King in a Miami Hurricanes uniform, a dynamic player who can run, who can throw. We're strictly going to go on his arm here. He could run a couple in two. And the line is 14, but the total isn't 70 or anything like that. It's still in the 45, 50 points here. So uh, let's throw an interesting one out here in terms of a prop fantasy reality. Joe, De'Eric King in his debut with Miami throws for more than three and a half touchdown passes. They're a 14-point favorite tonight. I'm going to say fantasy because of the total, like you just said. Uh, but certainly wouldn't be a shocking thing. Uh, this is uh, one of those college prospects that everybody's got their eye on, no doubt about that. Um, and hopefully he's going to be part of a, a turnaround here or, you know, taking the, the Miami team back to 
which was very uh, a storied uh, college franchise for quite quite a number of years there. Not one, but two great legacies there. And a lot of other weird extracurricular legacies that they left behind at the U also. But I'm going to say fantasy on this one, too. But I think it'll be a great story. I'd love to come back tomorrow and talk about it. So uh, that's where I'm at. How about you, Craig? Yeah, I'll, I'll say fantasy as well. I, and I think that the number is about right because I do think he could have combined four touchdowns or maybe even five, yeah. but a couple will be with his legs running them in too. And and I'm not really sure what to expect because it's a completely different system that he ran in Houston. It's They usually have run a pro-style offense in Miami for a long period of time, and I don't know how they're going to switch this one up. Uh, the other part of this too is it's the first game. Who knows if they are up big potentially. They could play in the fourth quarter. Some of the smart money is on UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, getting those points. So uh, I'm just going to say under also. I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to say Derek King throws for two touchdowns tonight in his debut with the University of Miami. Okay, finally, this is the tough one to answer, so we're, we're strictly throwing a dart here. But we had Dr. Chow on the show talking about some of the possibilities here. We've seen what happened in baseball with a lot of games postponed, a lot of doubleheaders. Can they play a doubleheader in the NFL? I don't know, Joe. Maybe it'll be the first ever doubleheader in the NFL this year. It may have to happen. But let's let's just go through it here. Fantasy or reality, every team in the NFL will play their full 16-game regular season. Is this fantasy or reality? I'm going to say reality. They find a way with bye weeks and maybe an extra Thursday game if they have to double dip a Thursday doubleheader or something like that. I think you're going to see some weird start times, some football in spots where you didn't think you were going to Oh, look, I got two games on Thursday. That's fun. I think they're going to find a way to make that work. And uh, if it means bumping a, a week back, if it means getting an extra bye week, whatever that ends up being, I think they're going to find a way to make this work in terms of getting everybody to play the same amount of games. Uh, surprise if they didn't. Once again, it's much easier to deal with the the one game a week scenario, six to seven game a week schedule of Major League Baseball. But look, you could certainly throw this out the window if more than one team has rampant issues. I think their NFL's learned a lot. I think testing's gotten better. I think uh, everybody's been driven home, and I think some of the failures are or the deficits, at the very least, of what you've seen in some other sports has been a wake-up call for like a lot of the players that, hey, this can very well happen, not even with us going out and partying. This can happen with us going out to get a cup of coffee. So we have to be very careful of where we go. And and also hearing it from some of the coaches and some of the staff members. I mean, on Hard Knocks, Anthony Lynn had COVID, and he spoke very openly about it to his team. And I think that's something that certainly hits home, too, where you're getting that real first-person interaction about that and how he struggled with it and some of the issues surrounding it. So to me, I think they do get all 16 games in there, but it's going to be a challenge at some point. There's no doubt about that. How about you, Craig? I'm sure I think I know where you're going with this one. Well, I, I think it's a reality, but I don't think I, I don't think it will happen without a pause of some kind for teams in the season. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the other thing that I would foresee is not starting the playoffs on time and everything getting pushed back a little bit. I think that that is the way that it would go. Uh, so I'm going to say reality. I do think somehow. Mm-hmm. They'll get all 16 games in, but it may not be the way that we want, meaning that maybe the Super Bowl is pushed back a week. Maybe the playoffs are pushed back a week. Maybe games are played on Tuesdays or Wednesdays or things of that nature. But the one thing that I think that we have a big disagreement with is that the players are going to behave. That I do not believe for a second. And I think that something is going to happen along those lines. I mean, you have a player in Orlando, in the NBA bubble, playing to play for a championship and potentially breaking protocol at Disney 
in this kid house on the Houston Rockets. I mean, come on, there's 50 players. Well, make an team. example out of them. And, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's make an example of those guys. And the more you People make an example of them, you, make it, make an example you know what? It should. But unfortunately, in this society, it's taking money away from people and taking jobs away from people that becomes the wake-up call. And it's going to be hard to do with a star. You know, it's much harder to do it with somebody who's lower down the trough than it is to somebody much higher. It's uh, already happened with a star. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, the Indians traded Mike Clevenger. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, well, the star in Major League Baseball, right? But I'm saying we haven't had a star in the NFL yet break something, do something wrong. Well, they I, I don't yet. know if there's they. Well, they've been playing at camp, and we had a lot of people testing positive. I mean, there's nowhere to go. They haven't gone on the road. It, it's going to. It's going to be very difficult. There's there's no way ab- about this. And and yes, you're probably right. The inevitable is going to happen. I also wonder with the potential inevitable pushback of a playoff series and obviously the expansion of playoffs and all these things that the NFL has planned as we continue on, it feels like we're getting closer and closer to pushing the Super Bowl into that weekend potentially of President's Day weekend, which I know for me, I would love to see that happen. I mean, the Super Bowl is basically a holiday anyway. It would be great to have that Monday off <laughs> in my opinion, and and really make the Super Bowl part of that big weekend holiday. I would love to see that happen. I think we're going to see that happen in our lifetime as the NFL continues to push the envelope with how they structure their regular season and postseason games and their schedule. Do you think potentially that could very well be 2021 and us seeing that happen? Because that's only, what, an extra two weeks or so potentially push? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea. I think it's it's something that they should do, no doubt. By the way, is the expanded – I'm totally drawing a blank here. Is the expanded playoffs in the NFL this year or next year? I honestly don't even remember. This year. It's this Everyone's year. playing playoffs this year, yeah. Yeah. So how many <laughs> so extra teams it, getting in this year? Just the 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 one the um, the one extra wild card in each. So, uh, we, you know, I wish gotcha. I, I wish I'd had it up there to talk about that. But uh, it's it, – I think that – we're all moving towards that mindset now in sports where like playoffs playoffs is going to generate more revenue. Playoffs are, are good television playoffs are what you people want. And regular season is, is great, but eh, how much regular season do we need? And, and where are we with these things? And uh, I got to tell you, I, I think we continue to push closer and closer to that weekend. And, and, and I think that that's where the Super Bowl should be. I think, the world basically stops and you have the Super Bowl start at six o'clock on the East Coast, which is fine. It doesn't really kick off till six thirty. And by the time the game's over, it's ten o'clock and people go home and a lot of people have to go to work the next day. It would be nice to see that not happen. Am I incorrect or, or are the playoffs not expanded this year? I thought it was this year. Well, I, I I'm the one drawing the blank, so you you I, Okay, I was sec- right. now I'm second guessing myself. Hopefully one of us is <laughs> because one, between us, us one of us wrong. is right. But now I'm second guessing myself <laughs> in terms of where the NFL playoffs are. I, I think this is just you and me being on overload of having no sports and then having every single sport every single day now, where you're just trying to keep pace and keep up with things. You know, we are usually in a spot with baseball where baseball's winding down, dog days of August, September playoffs starting to ramp up and we're looking to postseason. But we're in the thick of playoff potentially in baseball, of where we are in the in the posturing, what's going on. We're in the thick of fantasy because we've had no fantasy. This has been a season like no other. We've still got NHL going on. We've still got NBA playoffs happening. This has been one wacky 2020, let me tell you. For sure, and it will continue. we got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next. And then an injury update on a player that you thought was healthy. Guess what? He may not be and not play Sunday. Only your second-round pick in fantasy. It'll be fine.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports today with you here on SportsGrid. As we get ready to leave you here, we have plenty more to come. Of course, Scott Farrell going coast-to-coast later on. Updates on the NFL game, the college football game tonight, as well as the NBA and NHL. Just one quick note from the NFL. Dave Burkett on Twitter, who covers the Detroit Lions, says Kenny Galladay missed uh, individual drills for the Lions on Thursday. We'll certainly have to wait and see what his status is on Friday before you suit him up in your fantasy team, like me, coming up on Sunday. Let's turn it over to Joe for the Sports Grid 60. Joe? Well, in the every squirrel finds a nut category, I was right. It is this year that the playoffs are expanded and you're going to get one extra playoff team in each, which means only one team gets the bye. That was the thing I could not recall. So that bye becomes super important and all of a sudden a little bit more emphasis on making sure that you are dominant and you get that first round bye and get to skip some of these games. And I think the Chiefs start the path to that bye tonight. They have a weak division. They have a great home field advantage when there is a crowd, if they do get a crowd back. And they have one of the most exciting young running backs in college football now on their roster. So if the Chiefs can get that first round by and then go two weeks in there, win two games to get to the Super Bowl, it's hard not to see that six to one odds really paying off potentially for them. So good luck, Chiefs. You know how important that buy is because there's only one of them now. You go out and you get that. You plant your flag today and you say, this is where the championship is going to stay in Kansas City. Looking forward to seeing it tonight for sure. Hopefully we'll have a nice full breakdown on the show for you tomorrow. Uh, James Charania of The Athletic is reporting that the NBA has informed the league's board of governors that the season for 2020-2021 will not begin until at the very earliest on Christmas Day. I know, Joe, you've been wishing for this for a long period of time. You may actually get your wish because I got to tell you, a lot of people in terms of the NBA do think the season is a little bit too long. My guess is they're still going to play 82 games during the regular season. It's just going to start a little bit later. But the awareness of the NBA really doesn't come to fruition until that day. Why? Because we still have so much going on with the NFL. College football is playing its season and playing into its bowl games. I think that this is a great move by the NBA for this season. The other part of this is, too, is that having those six or seven or eight games on Christmas Day gives us additional things to watch. For people like me, who don't even celebrate Christmas, <laughs> I need as much as I possibly can on television and online and on YouTube and everywhere else to watch live sports. So if this is indeed the case, I wouldn't be too worried about your favorite NBA team. They're going to want the money. They're going to get their full season in of 82 games. But it looks like Christmas Day could be the first start and the first game of the 2020-2021 season. That will do it for the show today. Thanks again to Brett and Danny for once again putting the program together on this Thursday afternoon. Don't forget, Joe and I will be back right here tomorrow, another edition of Fantasy Sports Today on tomorrow's show. Jim Sanis will be with us, breaking down all of the DFS action on FanDuel, courtesy of NumberFire. Also, Howard Bender will join me on the show talking about the Las Vegas Super Contest at the Westgate Resort. We'll have those picks as well. Uh, for Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. That will do it. Hope you have a great day. Enjoy the football tonight because we'll be talking about it here tomorrow on Sports Grid. See you then. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.